0: Chapter 16 of the Sealed Message by Fergus Hume. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. 16 The Dwarf SHIBAR After that interview, Gerald saw that he would have to leave the major in possession of the field for the present. As he had observed, Reb held all the cards, and Haskins could only retire to consult with MacAndrew as to some way of winning the game in the teeth of such bad luck moreover gerald was now in possession of all facts connected with the crime and by lingering at the pixy's house he would become possessed of no more important facts also Reb, wishing to get rid of his too observant enemy so worked on morgan's feelings that the inspector hinted retirement to the lover having learned that the inquest would take place in the inn of leegarth village next day haskins mounted his machine and returned to silbury but he felt that it was impossible to sit down and do nothing for he was very anxious regarding the future of mavis probably on discovering the dead body of bellaria she had fled panic-stricken from that blood-stained mansion but distraught with terror and not knowing the country it was probable that she would soon be captured gerald would have gone in search of her forthwith but that he did not know in which direction to look for her and again if he did find her would be unable to smuggle her into safety while the countryside was all on the alert he half made up his mind to return to london and enlist the services of Todd, but could not quite decide to do so since his going to the metropolis meant his leaving the neighbourhood in which the girl he loved was wandering mavis was a fugitive with so to speak a price on her head he could not go away heartlessly and leave her so innocent and unsophisticated in the lurch his hesitation was ended at five o'clock in the afternoon by a wire from exeter asking him to come there at once and meet the person who signed the telegram simon arnold by name in the coffee-room of the monmouth hotel it flashed across gerald's mind at once that the former tutor of mavis had sent the telegram and probably wished to see him about the girl whom they both loved in their several ways but he wondered how arnold whom mavis playfully called Shybar, had learned his address and then on examining the telegram again saw that it had been directed to the devon maid at denleigh wondering if geary had opened it he sent for the boy and found that mrs geary on receiving the wire at the door had told the lad that mr haskins was staying at silbury gerald was relieved at this as geary would undoubtedly have read the telegram in order to learn any possible plans haskins might have formed nevertheless on the face of it the wire could convey little information to the conspirators likely to be of use save that arnold whom rebb apparently dreaded was enlisting himself on the side of the lovers haskins found that there was a train from silbury to exeter at seven o'clock that same evening so after dinner he packed his portmanteau and went to the station guessing that Reb would probably make inquiries as to his whereabouts he left a message with mrs jennings stating that he had gone to london and hoped that the information would upset the major by making him think that steps were being taken to save mavis from his snares strong as was Reb's hand he yet had a difficult game to play the fact of durham's will would undoubtedly be made public should mavis be arrested and Reb certainly would not like his friends to think that he derived his income in the way he did but then Reb had daring enough to face anything especially when six thousand a year was at stake somewhere about nine o'clock gerald reached exeter and leaving his portmanteau in the cloak-room proceeded to the monmouth hotel a small inn on the outskirts of the cathedral city the place was little known but haskins was fortunate enough to pick up a cabman who came from the neighbourhood where it was situated in half an hour he found himself in the coffee-room of the hotel and recognized arnold at once from the description given by mavis the ex tutor and present hawker of books was reading a latin author when gerald entered but flung it aside when the young man conducted by a waiter appeared on the threshold he was about to greet the newcomer, but on seeing the waiter turned aside to look out of the window to make an excuse for entering gerald ordered a glass of whisky and soda which he truly needed so wrought up was he by the strain and stress of the situation the waiter disappeared and soon came back with the drink while he was absent gerald eyed arnold who still did not speak and sat down near the fireless grate but a glance passed between the two men which showed mutual recognition arnold was a remarkably small man quite worthy to be called a dwarf but he was not deformed in any way his body his hands and feet and his head were all perfectly proportioned and the most noticeable thing about him was his long grey beard which fell below his waist he had a noble forehead crowned with long loose grey hair and two vividly blue eyes penetrating and unblinking no one could have called the little man ugly but owing to his small stature and noble beard he looked uncanny gerald ever imaginative thought at once of the norwegian gnomes and kobolds although Arnold was not so grotesquely ugly as those earth fairies of legend. When the waiter finally left the coffee-room and the two men had it all to themselves, Arnold moved swiftly forward and gripped Gerald's hand, before the young man was aware of his intention. "'You are the lover of my dear girl,' he said in a singularly melodious voice. "'I knew you at once from her description of you.' "'I can return the compliment,' said Gerald, responding to the warm clasp mavis told me what you were like and indeed i also have the description given in the arabian nights to go upon Shaibar said arnold with a smile yes she always called me that i am glad that you have obeyed my summons so speedily mr haskins as i am sure that you are a true friend to my unhappy pupil i am her lover replied gerald quietly and as her lover i am prepared to go to any lengths to save her from that rascal meaning major Reb. of course he is trying to ruin mavis in order to get her money i wonder how you found that out mr haskins it's a long story and and you can tell it to me and mavis mavis gerald stared what do you mean have you any idea where she is mr arnold of course answered the little man quietly it was for that reason that i wired to you mavis told me that you were stopping at Denley. as a matter of fact i am or rather i was stopping at the prince's head silbury explained gerald but your wire was sent on to me i heard from mrs jennings and from rebb also that you were in the neighbourhood of leegarth and it was very lucky for mavis that i was said arnold nodding only by being on the spot was i enabled to save her from arrest you saved her how tell me all gently mr haskins do not talk so loud walls have ears and keyholes have eyes arnold glanced round the room and then drew nearer to the eager young man to speak in still lower tones last night i went to see if i could enter the Pixie's house and try mavis but as the gate was shut and locked i could not get in i would have climbed the wall but that my age and rheumatism prevented my doing so however i thought that by going to the river wall i might obtain a foothold on the ivy i made the attempt and fell you see that i still limp arnold walked a pace or two and gerald saw that his leg dragged i lay insensible for some hours then i managed when i revived to drink some brandy which i had brought with me and so deemed that i could get back to my caravan which was on the other side of the village i had got round to the lane wherein the gates are to be found when i heard a scream of alarm was it bellaria being killed asked gerald quickly no i staggered as fast as i was able toward the gates and found them open bellaria stabbed to the heart lay within and over her bent mavis when she saw me she was terrified but i called out and she recognized my voice running forward she stammered out that bellaria had gone to meet some one and had been killed i at once saw the danger to which mavis was exposed having read the will of julian durham and so insisted that she should fly she was surprised that i desired her to do this as in her innocence she never dreamed that she would be accused i rapidly convinced her and she agreed leaning on her arm i led her round the village as i feared lest her scream should have attracted attention we reached my caravan in safety and i then put the horse in the shafts and dove to exeter through the night we reached this city this afternoon and i took her on board a barge which is owned by a man i can rely upon then i sent the wire to you we must save the poor child mr haskins she is safe now but at any time she may be discovered you will be suspected i don't think so mr haskins while she was in my caravan i had qualms that search might be made therein but now that mavis is safe on the barge with sammy lee looking after her there is little danger i have only to say that i know nothing of her whereabouts and who can convict me of falsehood but i want lee to take his barge down to exmouth and then we can place mavis on board some outward bound steamer she will then be safe until we can prove her innocence why do you believe that she will be accused asked gerald i am perfectly sure said arnold dryly, that major rebb will take advantage of bellaria's death to fasten the guilt on mavis so that he may shut her up in an asylum and by thus preventing her marriage will be enabled to keep her six thousand a year gerald nodded that view does credit to your powers of penetration mr arnold rebb is moving precisely on those lines quite so i know major rebb but do you know that he there is no time to be lost said arnold in a peremptory tone as mavis will be in danger of arrest until she is safely bestowed out of england she refuses to leave this city until she sees you and that was why i wired come down at once to the x and let us board the barge then we can decide what is to be done and you can ask what questions you choose haskins consented and after finishing his whiskey and soda he went out with the little man into the darkness arnold leaned on haskins's arm as his leg was still painful from the fall of the previous night and guided him through many narrow and dingy streets down to the banks of the river a lumbering barge was lying near a littered wharf and as they approached this they were hailed by a rough voice which gerald rightly took to be that of sammy Lee the two men stepped on board the low-lying barge to find themselves welcomed by a gigantic devonian with a hairy face who paid the utmost deference to the dwarf as arnold let gerald down into the cabin of the barge leaving sammy lee to keep watch he whispered to haskins i can absolutely trust this man so you need have no fear last year i saved the life of his only child by means of the herbal medicine when the doctors had given her up so he will never betray our poor girl but if he hears that she is accused of murder it will be all over exeter to-morrow questioned gerald he will decline to believe it as he sees what mavis is and even if he did believe he would never betray anyone whom i wished to shield this was very satisfactory and haskins wondered at the marvellous ways of providence which had snatched mavis from a dangerous position to place her in safety until such time as her innocence could be made manifest it seemed as though everything would come right in the end despite major rebb's boast of his might haskins recalled his last words to the man in which he left the matter for god to decide and god was deciding against rebb and his wicked machinations a rap at the cabin door brought mavis to open it she was still in her favorite white dress in which she had fled from her prison on the previous night but over this she wore a long black cloak with a hood now closely pulled over her head for obvious reasons when she saw gerald and the tender smile in his eyes she flung back the hood as though stifling and fell into his arms sobbing as if her heart would break and no wonder to learn all the cruelty of the outside world and to be a hunted fugitive accused of a terrible crime was an extraordinary change from the seclusion and romance of the pixies house oh prince gerald was her cry as she wept on his breast how i have longed to see you and i also have wished to hold you thus he replied kissing her but we were kept apart by wicked men dearest now we are together please god we shall never part again amen to that murmured arnold who sat down shibar has told me everything said mavis still crying oh what a wicked world it is outside the pixie's house gerald there can be no wickedness where you are darling you will not find me like major rebb oh but gerald surely my guardian is kind has he proved himself kind to accuse you of murdering bellaria mavis drew back with a pale face and startled eyes there must be some mistake she faltered why should i kill bellaria oh Reb knows quite well that you did not but to suit his own ends he is willing that you should suffer is it for that horrid money Schaibar told me about she asked tearfully yes Reb thinks that six thousand a year is worth losing his own soul for it is the world he gains and the price he pays but he shall not succeed my sweetheart you shall have your own way i swear gerald gerald i would much rather fly away with you to the end of the world and leave everything to my guardian i dare say dear and in the south seas no doubt we could find an eden whither that serpent would not come but your good name has to be considered mavis Reb has put it about that you are insane and that such insanity made you kill balaria mavis sat down on the locker looking utterly miserable i know i know she cried rocking with the terror of her thoughts shaibar has told me what my guardian said to people outside to account for my being locked up in the pixies house and to think that he should have said to me that all english girls were brought up as i was why did you not tell me before that my guardian was deceiving me she asked her former tutor my dear he said gently it is only lately that i have learned the truth about your father's will bellaria let drop a word or so and i began to ask questions reb came to know of my curiosity and so gave me a sum of money and insisted that i should go to australia and hold no communication with you i took the money to save you and i had no compunction in doing so as the money belonged to you my dear to deceive rebb i pretended to go to australia but in reality i remained in england to search out your past bellaria had hinted that rebb enjoyed a large income for keeping you shut up in the pixie's house and that your father had been wealthy i searched for the copy of the will at somerset house and there learned how rebb was to enjoy the six thousand a year to which you were entitled until your marriage i then saw why he made out that you were insane and resolved to effect your escape i therefore bought a caravan to sell books thinking and my design was successful that i could get you out of the house and smuggle you away in my caravan i have done so as no one ever thought of searching for you in my company now you will go down to exmouth with sammy lee and i shall again go round the country if my caravan is searched by rebb and the officers of the law nothing will be found and you will be safe for how long for how long cried mavis clasping her hands until god sees fit to enable us to punish rebb and save you was the tutor's reply and everything will come right in the end i am sure the eyes of the girl wandered to gerald he sat down beside her and gathered her in his arms i am sure also he whispered see how wonderfully things have worked for your benefit as it is i was brought into your life by means of the cylinder to marry and cherish you in spite of Reb's cruel device of keeping you ignorant so that you should not be able to communicate with the outside world then arnold by god's mercy has been enabled to snatch you from the very jaws of your enemies these things point to joy coming out of sorrow go down my dear to exmouth with sammy lee i dare not come with you nor can Shybar, as we will both be suspected by Reb, and must prove as we can that we have nothing to do with your flight lee will arrange for you to be taken round by water to london and there i shall meet you to arrange for your safety would it not be better that she should go abroad? asked Arnold. No. I can arrange for Mavis to be concealed in a way which Rebb will not suspect. If she goes abroad, she may be extradited, should Rebb, as he might, discover her whereabouts. But he will never look for my darling where I will place her. So long as I am with you, Gerald, I care nothing, said Mavis, shivering and drawing closer to him. But oh, how can I go round to London by myself? i who have never been beyond my prison walls sammy lee will see to that darling you must be brave and remember that i meet you at the end of your journey promise to be brave yes yes i promise said mavis flushing but it is all very terrible to think that this is the world this is Reb's world said haskins tenderly but not the world of joy and peace and love in which you will dwell when we are married married oh gerald yes he kissed her now flushed cheek but tell me mavis who killed that poor Bellaria? mavis shivered again although the cabin was warm i do not know she said faintly bellaria came back from london very terrified i can guess why murmured gerald thinking of the coral hand she said that she might be killed and made geary give her that yellow-handled knife so that she might protect herself ah so Reb's story so far is true go on dear bellaria never went out at night as you know but a day or two ago she received a letter and said it would save her did you see the letter no she did not show it to me but last night i thought i heard a cry about midnight i went to bellaria's room and found her gone i was afraid and ran downstairs to find the door open and also the big gates then i saw her dead and cried out schaibar came and, you know the rest interposed arnold addressing gerald i lighted a match and saw that bellaria was dead then took mavis away don't question her further she cannot bear it "'Gerald nodded and soothed the girl who was much terrified. "'But we must find that letter,' he remarked. "'I am sure it has to do with the crime. "'Did you see anyone about, Mr. Arnold?' "'No, I saw no one.' "'Nor did I,' sobbed Mavis. "'Hush, dearest, do not weep. "'You are safe with me. "'Arnold, who do you think killed Valeria Dundee?' "'Major Rebb.' "'Not Geary.' Major Rebb, repeated the tutor, quietly, to secure the income-he has, as you say, sold his soul for six thousand a year! End of chapter sixteen.